1: We're continuing to talk the incoming rookie running backs, including Sean Tucker, Devin Chain, and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's
0: up,
2: Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into the Roto-Viz fantasy football show i'm dave Cabin alongside curtis patrick we are two of the owners at rotoviz ready to talk some more rookie running back names here we got five players we're going to talk about this evening all of them players that you're going to want to get familiar with i think we might determine that one of these guys is a little bit better than the rest but i Ooh. think we can drum up some excitement for the five of them curtis how are you doing
2: I'm doing great, man, uh, in my my pockets. My pockets are going to be a little fuller here soon. I'm not exactly sure how full they'll be, but um, Dave, your boy finished second <laughs> in the uh, FFPC Playoff Challenge 2. So we talked a lot with the listeners a couple weeks ago about our playoff challenge teams that we drafted. Um, they do a, a follow-up version of the tournament starting in the divisional round after the wildcard teams yep. are out. Um, and in that contest, uh, I finished second. Now, nice. unfortunately, I tied with 43 other teams. Yeah. For <laughs> so we're, we're, we're chopping all the prizes from second uh, to 45th. Yeah. We'll have to see what that shakes out as. I, I think it's going to end up being you know, like four grand or something like that, which is, I mean, Hey, I'm not turning my nose up at it. It would have been cooler to win 20 grand um, or whatever it was. I I stopped when it became pretty apparent that I was going to finish in in a mega tie. I stopped worrying about exactly what the amount was (laughs) going to be, but Hey, anytime we can hang another banner, uh, you know, from the road of his rafters, you know, we're like, we're like the Indianapolis Colts, man. We'll, we'll hang up a flag for a second place finish. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too proud. I'm not too well, proud to did, do that. Didn't we all, apparently
1: too one of the teams that we mutually did, did decent, I believe as well.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we finished. That was on the heel um, of Jalen
1: hurts, I believe. Right.
2: Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. We, we finished in the, in the main playoff challenge. Uh, our highest finishing team was 201st. Okay. Um, which uh is is pretty solid that's going to we're going to be splitting a couple of Gs for that one nice. as well dave so all right so that's uh, all yeah.
1: exciting stuff very yep, exciting yep. stuff what else is uh, what else is going on in
2: your life i, I you know i mean what I, before the show i like dropped a glass on the floor had a sweep <laughs> you know just everything man you know just just life uh, soccer meetings and and all of that i know you're busy with the family life too uh yep. no more floods in the basement hopefully though
1: yeah we have not had any Recently, okay. Which is good. Cuz we now have some runway for uh you know rookie draft seasons coming up.
2: Yeah, man. Uh the bi- the big news uh at rotoviz.com of course in the last uh, 48 hours volume 1 of our rookie guide did drop. So if if you just listen to the show uh you know on the podcast and you are not a subscriber to the site, you're like, "Hey man, I just want to take a look at what this is without committing to a year-long subscription." Um, You can just go to rotoviz.com and buy the rookie guide without being a subscriber to the site. Uh, Just go to rotoviz.com, click on 23 rookie guide across your top menu bar, and you can purchase that. You actually get all three volumes for 20 bucks. And this first volume has over 50 player profiles in it. Uh, It has rankings and tiers, and it also has uh, three rookie mock drafts from uh, a host of uh, Rotoviz analysts. So a great way to get an idea of the quality and depth of the class and get an idea of how uh, in particular me and Dave and Sean and Blair are viewing the class. In volume two, you will get a bunch of metrics, man. We're going to be adding all the performance metrics, the Rotoviz signature metrics from our prospect box score scout are going to go in there we're going to have the athletic metric metrics from the uh, NFL combine. We have some additional work that Dave always does. That's just really, really great on the quarterbacks uh, and can help us find those high ceiling and high floor uh, investments for super flex leagues. And then of course in the third volume, uh, that'll be post NFL draft and it will come out the day after the NFL draft concludes on the eve of all the high stakes dynasty rookie drafts that start occurring at uh, myffpc.com that week. So, We've got our spring plan when it comes to rookie content. And uh, th- now is as good a time as ever for you to hop in and get the guide. Yeah. Took I felt me a like second you were looking for it. a drop there. Um, I was, I was. Before we talk, Sean Tucker, uh, I want to talk to the listeners for a second about my new Epson Epic Vision Ultra LS800 projector. Um, I just told you about how I've taken my fantasy game to the next level, uh, you know, coming really close in the FFPC playoff challenge. Well, now it's time uh, for you, uh, to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Epson hooked me up with the new Epic vision ultra LS 800 laser projector, including their optional 120 inch silver flex screen. And it's, it's, it's an absolute game changer in our house. Uh, it's 120 inch picture. It's literally twice the size of an 85-inch TV. You just can't even, it's like having a movie theater in my basement, honestly, now, Dave, with a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, you know, evaluating plays, prospect game film like never before. My kids are pumped for game day. Uh, you can go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sports book experience home.
1: All right, Curtis, on that note, Now that I know you have seen these players in extreme detail, crystal clear detail, let's talk about an exciting player here, Sean Tucker, um, who I had fun doing some research on as we were putting the guy together. This is a back with good size. He's out of Syracuse, played nine games in his freshman year, scored four touchdowns, uh, 638 yards which was a 69% rushing market share of yardage, 80% of touchdowns in the games that he played. It had two really solid years to finish out his career, going for almost 1,500 yards in 12 games as a sophomore, 12 rushing touchdowns, uh, another 1,000-yard season in 12 games as a junior with 11 touchdowns. As far as the receiver finishes his career with 63 receptions, four receiving touchdowns, one thing that you have to like when you look at him is a career running back dominator of .85. He is a player that was responsible for the overwhelming majority of backfield production when he was in school. So let's get some of your thoughts on Tucker.
2: Yeah. With Tucker, I mean, for anybody that has uh, either followed college football or maybe played Devi and is not just now getting acquainted with the class. I mean, he really burst onto the scene with a, a super Im- impressive uh, uh, freshman season. I mean, he was an early contributor and, you know, I mean, that that's going to get you on the radar. It's kind of hard to forget about some of those names. I mean, you know, getting nine games as as a, a freshman, getting the 626 yards is going to put you on the radar. He really broke out in the second year. You know, he kind of faded a little bit this year, um, and I think it really comes down to how he performed against the top competition. When you look at when you look at Tucker's game logs from 2021, Dave, I mean, it didn't matter who Syracuse was playing. I mean, he found success. I mean, it wasn't just beating up on the little guys. I mean, he had 100 yards against Florida State, 153 against Wake Forest, 157 against Clemson, 207 against Boston College, 105 against NC State. I mean, he was dominating within the conference, uh, which is, you know, what you would expect. And and honestly, you want to see that because when you're playing in the ACC, it's not quite the quality of depth that we see uh, on defense, like in the SEC or even in the Big Ten. And so you want to see that consistent dominance. Well, when you fast forward to 2022, which is our most recent data, obviously, I mean, you really struggled. Um, he really struggled. It wasn't quite the same. I mean, his, his marquee performance of the season was a 232 yard, uh, explosion against Wagner. And, uh, you know, he did have a couple hundred yard games within the conference, but we saw a 10 carry 19 yard performance against Pitt 14 for 52 against Florida state, uh, 18 for 42 against Purdue and a game against the big 10. And so, you know, it wasn't the consistent dominance of the prior year. And I think that worried some people, especially, you know, as we've talked about. We've already talked about five backs that we really like uh, before we even got to this episode. So when you have the depth that we have um, at the running back position, you know, it just gets, you know, kind of hard to justify the high ranking on a player like Tucker who maybe uh, faded. You know, had, had he come out, you know, had last year been his junior year and he come out after that junior year, in 2021, you know, he would be in the tier above. As it stands, we've got him in tier four, Dave, in the the guide. And he's coming in as a result of that uh, as our 16th player overall in in super flex drafts. I know we weren't all on the same page with how highly to rank Tucker. So this really is more, I think, an aggregate of everyone's thoughts, Um, getting him to that 16th position. I think we ranged anywhere from like, 11 down to like 19 uh, amongst the four of us, as we were kind of trying to figure out where to slot him between the top of tier four and like the top of tier five. Um, The the last thing that I'll say about Tucker here uh, is in regard to his Sims. And when we, when we look at players like him that are probably going to run, you know, a little slower than four or five um, with his uh, production, he doesn't get a lot of, super encouraging comps in terms of guys maybe that were drafted higher than, than we would project him. You know, most of the scouts are saying, Hey, this is like a late two, probably early day three draft pick at this point. And that's kind of what he's returning. It's not like the box score scout says that that's wrong. We get Marcus Lattimore, Marlon Mack, Dion Lewis, Duke Johnson, and David Montgomery. Now I think Montgomery is the name that I would want to fixate on as like hey, this is maybe what a ceiling outcome would look like for Tucker in the NFL. Montgomery's been very useful in fantasy. He's never really achieved that elite dynasty uh, value, but he's been, su- I mean, David Montgomery's turned out to be a very good rookie pick from a couple years ago. So if you got that out of Tucker at the top of the second round, I mean, you're you're dancing. Even if you got Marlon Mack out of Tucker at the top of the second round, you're probably happy with that. You get a couple yeah. RB2 seasons. But, you know, three the other three of his top five comps, falling a little bit short in terms of what we'd be looking for.
1: Yeah. So the real quick summation here of some things that do cause you a little bit of pause is that 2022 season, just 5.14 yards per carry Uh, his freshman year, just 4.62 finishes with 5.4. On top of that, if he does run a 4-7 at the 205 pounds that he is, that's going to be a pretty low speed score. So there's a lot of things that start to remove yeah. him from that conversation of a player that looks like he's set up for a great deal of success. Nonetheless, though, I do think that you could have a little bit of optimism given the touchdown scoring that we did see him produce. But let's sure. move to a exciting player to watch. Devin Achain... Five foot nine, one eighty five. But when you want to talk about an exciting player, a fast player, uh, he is the type of guy that you're going to be talking about. So he's out of Texas A and M. Did have some involvement in a six game season as a freshman, averaging eight point four seven yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns. Really steps onto the scene though, Curtis. In 2021, as a sophomore, 909 yards on 130 attempts, nine rushing touchdowns, adds 24 receptions for 261 and a touchdown. Then, in his junior year, posts an RB dominator of 0.93, runs for 1,102 yards on 196 attempts, adds eight rushing touchdowns. And as a receiver, 36 receptions, 196 yards, three receiving touchdowns. The numbers for him here uh, continue to improve year over year. He finishes with a career yards per carry rate of 6.44 career running back dominator of 0.49 and receiving share on his career of 9% of team yardage.
2: Yeah. So you're right, man, a chain. I mean, he is, he's liquid dynamite, man. Like this is, really one of the most fun players that you can watch. I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of listeners don't have the time um, to go in and, and look at a lot of the prospects, but if you just want to enjoy watching somebody's highlights, even I'm not saying like to go even go and watch up sped up game film, just watch some highlights yeah. of Devin and Chain. You're going to, you're gonna be like, man, why didn't I see more of this guy? Um, I, one thing that I'm seeing in, in some of the film scouting reports are comments about you know, pass protection and his size. Like to me, when we look at players that are built this way, have the skills that he has, I don't really care about that. And I don't think the right offensive coordinator and GM will either. Like you're not drafting Devin Achain to stand in there and pick up an edge rusher. Like, and if you are, then you're an idiot. Um, even <laughs> yes. if he was very sound in his technique, like he's 185. Like it's, you know, you're 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 putting a slot receiver on that, on that, you know, at at that point, it just doesn't make any sense. He's not going to be used in that way. I mean, he, he's a player that could um, really excel as a change of pace back, but then also be used in inventive ways as like a move player in the offense, like doing some things like maybe that Tyreek Hill was doing in his early days with the chiefs. That's like, I see him as like an offensive chess piece in addition to uh, being a running back. And, you know, the one thing that I like about a chain, and, and it makes me worry that we're just a little bit too low on him. I know we ended up moving our initial volume one ranking down just a little bit because of the size concerns. Yeah, which is fair. It's, I it's mean, because it's gonna I, that I it informs
1: it, draft capital, which we can't ignore when we
2: start doing this. It does, and you don't want to get like irresponsible with it. But he, so for me, it, you know, and I'm the one who put you know our straw man rankings together before we had the summit. The reason I had him a little bit higher is he's got that special sauce as a, a returner. And that just seems to put me on guys that end up being a little bit better maybe than their profile um, would initially lead us to believe. Like it's just when when you can return kicks and when you can return them for touchdowns, it's just so rare at the running back position to see guys that are doing that, that they, they find their way to, to usage, man. And, and they find their way to efficiency. Um, in fact, since 2000, Dave, there are only four power five running backs that finished their career with 2000 rushing yards, 500 receiving yards, and averaged over 30 yards per kick return and scored at least one kick return touchdown. Okay. So yep. you're talking about, you know, somebody who had a lot of carries you're getting to 2000 yards, somebody who's at least involved as a receiver, 500 career receiving yards and then averaging over 30 yards per kick return and having at least one kick return touchdown. The list is Steven Jackson, Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, and Devin, Achane. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, Oh, that's I mean, absurd. Yeah. So that's, I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's much smaller than yeah. any of those yeah. guys, but you know, this is the same type of like strategic thought that put me on Tony Pollard. And this is like the area of the rookie draft that, you know, at, after the NFL draft that we were taking pollard you know yeah. he rose to this level after he got the draft capital i think learning from that experience i just would prefer that our listeners be on a chain before we see where the draft capital is i think he's worthy of the second round investment even in super flex leagues despite his size just because like because if it does work despite his size in the NFL he's going to be super exciting he's going to score gobs of points and if he doesn't work i mean you know Whatever, it'll be undrafted free agent because of the size concerns and we can wash our hands and move on. Uh, I'm super excited about him. I'm definitely going to have some exposure.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's an exciting player. And, you know, on the special teams stuff, it's not just that he was getting a go on special teams. The guy averaged over 30 yards per kick return, which is a very, very lofty number. So we're excited about him. Um, We'll be very interested to see where he ends up going uh, in the actual draft.
2: Yeah, let's keep moving because we got some other Swiss Army knives here. I want to hit one more player, and then we got to talk a little bit about one way that we can play uh, rookies and fantasy games already.
1: Yes. All right.
2: Let's hit one more player first.
1: All right. Let's go with a player that I'm assuming after uh, the particularly 2022 season you are familiar with. That is Kendra Miller out of TCU. You likely saw in the national championship game. He was a very big piece of that team. Starts off his career, minimal production uh, as a freshman, gets 54 rushing attempts, averages 7.19 yards per carry, punches in two touchdowns. In his sophomore season, 83 rushes, 640 yards, eight touchdowns. Again, goes for over seven yards per carry, running back dominator of 0.44 as a junior 224 rushing attempts 1399 yards 17 touchdowns 61% touchdown share 39% running back dominator and on his career does average or me, not average adds 29 receptions 229 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown so really nice season as a rusher there in his junior year of course i think there's some context that we probably have to add with a player like miller so what are your thoughts on him curtis
2: yeah the context that you got to add is i mean he was super efficient in those first two years with the over seven yards per carry the only reason his role wasn't bigger is he was competing with zach evans like Mm -hmm. we already talked about zach evans so um it's like it's fine that you didn't steal the workhorse role from Zach Evans. We already, we talked about on a previous pod, Evans was one of the most sought after players in the entire country. Like he is, he was an elite of the elite. And so, you know, Miller coming in and looking, I mean, honestly, even more efficient than Evans on limited work, you know, it's, it, it makes you feel good that when he did get the chance at the expanded role, he did everything that you would expect. I mean, he still averaged over six yards of carry on over 200 attempts scored seventeen touchdowns, so um this isn't a situation where y- you know he he shouldn't he should have broken out sooner. It reminds me a lot of the Georgia backs yeah um it it's like Georgia maybe we're falling off of this a little bit in in the more recent uh regime, but you know there for a while. Um, with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb and some of the other players that are coming out of that program, it's like you got to see a glimpse in the first year or two, but you never really got to see it until their final season before the NFL, really what they're capable of. And I think that dynamic was at play here uh, at TCU. So, um, you know, the, the thing that I'm seeing from, from scouts, um, the guys that are really depending more on film than, than metrics, is that there's maybe not like an actual calling card here. It's he's not the fastest guy in the draft. He's not the biggest guy in the draft. Although I have seen it reported that um, he may weigh in as high as two twenty, which would put him on the heavier end of the class. But you know, some of the school resources even within the last year have listed him as low as like two hundred six, two hundred eight. So I don't think we really know what his weight is yet. So that's going to be interesting. You know, if he runs, you know, high four fours at two twenty, eh, you know, maybe he starts looking a little bit. Uh, more interesting but you know he's proved he can he can do a little bit of everything so there's definitely reason to be excited here I think he could be end up being one of our bigger movers once we know the weight for sure and we know the speed for sure because I mean he's shown he can carry the load he's shown he can get involved in the receiving game a little bit Uh, you know he's got a very good touchdown rate over the course of his career um, and you know, I, I, think the box score scout might be just as confused as we are about, yeah. does he belong at the top or does he belong in this tier five or should he be up closer, you know, to Sean Tucker and, and tier four, I mean, could even maybe leapfrog Sean Tucker, the box score scouts say he looks like anything from around three to around seven pick Dave. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got Glenn coffee, Bilal Powell, uh, Tyrion Davis price, Lamar Miller and Mike Weber. And, you know, a couple of those names are you know, when you're talking about a guy that's going to cost a second round rookie pick in super flex drafts, are pretty encouraging. I mean, Lamar Miller. I mean, he was getting drafted as a, a top five running back in fantasy drafts one of those years. I think it might have been 2018 um, when mm-hmm. everyone thought he was going to take over the world. So, you know, and, and he was obviously very useful uh, for a handful of seasons. Bilal Powell obviously had uh, a, a nice run of relevance too in fantasy about a decade ago. So. You know, it, it's good. I think we'll be able to zero in a little bit more with his box score scout sims once we have a better idea. You know, does he land in round three or does he like slide in round five in the NFL draft? And I think the athleticism ultimately will drive that because as we talked about with the earlier prospects, when you get to this level um, this year, the depth of the class is just challenging to navigate. We could see either beholder situations with the GM. Does a team... Does the right team need the bigger back? Um, Or, you know, does he not separate from the pack um, with his athleticism? So definitely a name to watch um, with Kendra Miller here.
1: Yeah. When you look at that profile and you take in everything, certainly feels like the type of player that can do enough of all of these things, even if he's not excelling at any particular one, that he's going to be able to get a shot, get a chance to get on the field and maybe, you know, show what he can do.
2: Yeah, almost kind of reminds me of like you know maybe he could be like a kenyan drake especially if he's that big if he is 220 you know um uh, that's just like that's what i kind of think of um with with kendra miller at this point
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: All right, before we hit um, the last two backs of tier five, um, I I do want to remind the listeners um, or announce to the listeners, if you've been unplugged for a couple of weeks, The 2023 best ball season is already here, man. Dave, I'm already 10 drafts deep. Oh my Lord. (laughs) I'm already 10 drafts deep. I'm playing the underdog fantasy big board competition. And it's awesome because the rookies are already in there, man. Yeah. They're already in there. You can go get them. You can go get them now. You cannot sleep on
1: how huge it is that you have access to rookies in drafts already.
2: It's everything, man. It's everything. Um, Bijan Robinson's already got a borderline round one ADP. So that's something, but all these other guys that we're talking about are really affordable, man. Like you can get Jameer Gibbs like four or five rounds lower than that. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you owe it to yourself to jump in the big board uh, competition. I mean, it's a million dollars in total prizes or it's only 10 bucks per entry, $200,000 to first. And if you've never played on underdog, I mean, they got the slickest app in the game. In my opinion, uh, very easy to navigate, great notifications. They never fail. You're never going to time out. Um, if you make your first deposit at underdogfancy.com and use our promo code RotoViz, we'll match your deposit up to 100 bucks. So you put 100 bucks in, we'll give you 100 bucks. And so for 100 bucks, you get 20 entries in the big board. I mean, I, I think that's a, a no brainer. So check that out and um, keep listening because the wide receivers are another great way to play that contest. And, and we're going to really focus in on that position next week.
1: Sure. So you mentioned Georgia backs a little bit earlier when we were talking about TCU, which brings us to Kenny McIntosh, one of the latest Georgia products. He is a six foot one, 210 pound back spent four years at Georgia Mixed in a little bit in his first two years, uh, even in his third year, only 57 rushing attempts, 327 yards, three rushing touchdowns. But he did add 22 receptions, Curtis, for 242 yards and two receiving touchdowns. And I think the season that fantasy gamers and scouts will be interested in is his 15 game 2022 season. Gets a little bit of an upgrade in terms of rushing, 150 rushing attempts, 829 yards with 10 rushing touchdowns, puts up an RB dominator of 0.52, and as a receiver, catches 43 receptions, 504 yards, and two touchdowns. Actually accounts for 11% of the receiving yards market share, pretty good number for a collegiate running back. And that gives him 76 receptions on his career for 860 yards and four receiving touchdowns. So we don't have a lot of rushing production. We have a very nice season for a running back as a receiver in the college ranks in his senior season. Of course, you prefer that that happens earlier than being a uh senior when it does happen so what do we do with this curtis what do we make of this profile and we also have to consider the fact that he was playing on a supremely talented team during those four years
2: yeah it's kind of interesting that i was just like uh stylistically talking about um kenny and drake with kendra miller because the career arc is actually identical <laughs> with Kenyon <laughs> drake and kenny mcintosh mm-hmm. at, in the sec just getting buried behind you know different backs and and never really um, getting a, a crack at the full role. But, you know, we saw the NFL still give Kenyon Drake uh, a round three valuation. And they ended up having a great long career. I mean, sticking for over 10, yeah. 10 years in the league and being productive in all of them. Um, you know, so so McIntosh looks like a player that, you know, maybe just, you know, wrong place, wrong time, you know, probably would have benefited from taking advantage of the the transfer portal. You know, maybe in other hands, he would have been a 1,500-yard rusher. Uh, what you're really excited to see is is that 43 receptions and 500 receiving yards plus uh, in 2022. That's why Macintosh is so uh, intriguing, and it's why an NFL team is wanting to take a chance on him. I, you know, if you haven't picked up the guide, and it, if you just want to talk physiques, this guy's shredded. <laughs> Macintosh is shredded, man. 6'1", 210. Like, he, he just has a lot of lean... Bulk. I mean, he is going to turn heads at the combine for sure. Uh, when you look at the box score, scout Sims, assuming, you know, a, a draft pick in the range of, you know, 100 to 110, we're talking like really early round four maybe, and then, you know, maybe that could bump up uh, with the right performance. That's going to give you Sims of uh, LaMichael uh, P. Ryan, Johnny White, Kenyon Drake, CJ ProSice, and Mike James, a little bit of a mixed bag there. Uh Pro-size was uh buzzy for quite some time. And then, you know, Drake, obviously we've talked about their three a seasons, bit. So,
1: three seasons people tried to make ProSize a thing and it just never yeah, happened.
2: Man. Listen, if you get day two draft capital, people are going to continue to stick there, man. Yep. You know, there's, just, there's just going to, um, so, and, and, uh, you know, landing spot, uh, sunk cost fallacy too. Uh, but you know, one thing, you know, going back to these players that contribute as special teamers, you know, Setting, setting some of these uh, uh, production thresholds in a different spot. We talked about some of the impressive stuff that Devin Achain did and the names that he, he returned. Well, not that many college running backs get to 800-plus career receiving yards. Um, and so since 2010 – Dave power five running backs with at least 1500 career rushing yards, 800 career receiving yards and a 26.0 uh, 0. 0 average kick return yard uh, for their career. This one
1: is too good. I almost, I almost even want to make you hold back <laughs> from saying it. So they have to see the guide, but I'll let you, I'll let you do it. This one's too good.
2: Yeah. 1500 rushing yards, 800 receiving yards and 26 uh, average uh, yardage on kick returns. It's Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley and Kenny McIntosh. Now, <laughs> okay. It's uh, yes. Before Isn't there anyone two of the best running
1: prospects ever? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so,
2: so before anyone freaks out, you know, obviously McCaffrey and Barkley had far greater roles. Obviously, they were more elite prospects and they, you know, produced in every single season that they had. But, you know, McIntosh did it, right? So, you know, I could easily just say, all right, the only two running backs with. Uh, 2,500 career rushing yards, 800 receiving yards, and 26 average return yards are Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, and McIntosh would be eliminated. So, obviously, I have to lower that rushing yardage total to get McIntosh included. But, you know, he's the only one that jumps in there. And so, you know, I think it at least speaks to, you know, the type of player that he is. You know, he's got the receiving ability, um, and he's, but he's not only a receiver. And, you know, and in contrast to Devin Achain, Macintosh is over six foot tall, you know, he's gonna weigh 210 plus pounds, you know. So he does have what it takes to you know, stand up to the rigors of um, you know, significant usage in the NFL. Um, and so if you were gonna say, you know, hey, I just had to place a chip on one of the two, and you only get to place, you know, one chip, it may be a smarter play to take Macintosh in that. Uh, in the middle of that second round just because he checks a couple extra boxes that a gene just physically can't. Um, but, you know, if you got multiple picks in the second, you know, I like the idea of maybe trying to get exposure to both because I, I see, you know, similar type of fantasy production coming from both these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's <laughs> this class, man, it's tough when you actually have to sit down and start Ranking these guys process we've gone through. There's a lot of players that you feel like you can move around. And one of them we still have to talk about because this is a player that I liked more and more. This started the, you know, as I got further into the research, we have Roshan Johnson out of Texas who, as you talked about, uh, maybe, you know, wrong place, wrong time and rolls there in 2019. Then has to deal with the force of nature that is Bijan Robinson. Yeah. As a freshman, Johnson rushed for 649 yards and seven rushing touchdowns on 123 attempts. That was the highest rushing total of his career. Ends up averaging somewhere between like maybe around like 87 rushing attempts a year, around five and a half yards a carry with around five touchdowns. Um, per year between his sophomore and senior seasons as a receiver, actually at 23 receptions, 158 yards as a freshman finishes with 56 receptions for 420 yards, three receiving touchdowns career running back dominator of just 0. 0.25. But I think that when you consider the context of this, the fact that he was still getting the usage that he did when sharing the field with Robinson. Yeah. These numbers are actually pretty good. And I think the other thing Curtis is if you look through his game log of games, when he did get a lot of run, he did pretty well. So I think he's a player that made usage of the opportunities that he did have. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say it's like Miles Sanders when he was behind. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Cause we didn't get to see that one season where it was just him But we do sometimes have players that have that NFL profile that can produce at the next level that just happen to be on a team with one of these players that's a rare talent.
2: Yeah, the other thing too um, with, you know, his production, I mean, he was a quarterback in high school. Mm -hmm. um, And he, for the longest time, um, was really being recruited as a dual threat quarterback. Uh, And so, um, you know, that kind of, Complicated his, uh, you know, his prospect profile um, and the recruiting cycles, and so there's just a lot of things that are kind of interesting about him. But man, I mean, I mean he's really one of the, the the size guys in the class. Yep. You know, I remember Sean, you know, speaking up for a couple minutes on Roshan at our our ranking summit, and it's like, you know, we're finding more and more that uh, running back height is, you know, uh, a pretty good. Uh, indicator of of NFL role and fantasy scoring, uh, maybe more so than we ever uh, uh, appreciated uh, until recent seasons. And so just knowing we've got this guy 6'2", 223, mm-hmm. big, this is a big guy. Yep. And there's we've seen players who'd never had really the breakout level of production in college end up being really productive in the NFL. Um, we've already talked a lot about um, – one of them in this episode, Kenyon Drake, but a more recent example would be Ramondre Stevenson. Um, Stevenson's about 10 pounds heavier than Johnson, but it's kind of the same idea here. You know, he never, um, you know, never had a thousand rushing yards, um, never really jumped off of the stat page, but um, he was a capable receiver and, you know, has the size and speed. And then just kind of started gaining momentum from the combine on. And it just takes that one team to invest in him, And I mean, you know, now we're looking at Stevenson as a guy who's he's gonna be drafted in the first three rounds, fantasy drafts, you know, all year in 2023. And he's gonna be, you know, a major part of the you know the story in the fantasy football this year. So, you know, Johnson, if you were looking at any of the players that we've talked about um today, and if you were gonna say, like, who would the three be that could maybe take over a backfield and be workhorses, it would be know tucker miller and johnson you're you're trying to get that kind of all purpose back when you when you put a chip on those three guys and johnson's got the weakest production profile but that doesn't mean he's any less capable and i think his draft capital is ultimately going to be pretty similar to those two guys and then the other category is hey the receiving weapons with the opportunity for like elite efficiency that's what you're looking at with um, you know, a chain and Macintosh So, kind of two different buckets that we're looking at here. I don't view any of these guys as one dimensional though. Yeah. There are some players in the next tier down that really never showed anything in the receiving game. And we're looking more at like just a ground and pound, you know, early down situation. We'll, we'll maybe get into them organically, uh, later on throughout the off season and after uh, the NFL combine, probably not going to do a focus episode because we really feel like right now, these are the, the players that you would be focusing on in early best ball drafts in those leagues where your rookie draft occurs before the NFL draft or really early. If you're doing startup drafts that already include the rookies, these are the names that we really wanted you to know right now. So kind of rolling back through it, Dave, we had Sean Tucker, Uh, as our lone tier four running back in the guide, ranked 16th overall. We also hit on Devin Achain, Kendra Miller, Kenny McIntosh, and Roshan Johnson. They are ranked 20 to 23 in that order in the guide, and they are, uh, along with Dalton Kincaid, they make up uh, the entire fifth tier of our ranking. So all of these guys we think right now belong in the second round of uh, rookie drafts if they were occurring tomorrow.
1: I am going to go fire up a draft with the sole purpose right now, trying to get Johnson onto that team. We Ooh. will be back uh, with one more episode this week where I think we're going to take a quick pause from talking through uh, prospects as Curtis has made some trades, yes. has a couple dynasty of things going drama. on.
2: It's going to be dynasty trade drama to, uh, on tomorrow's episode. You can't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun.